Baptize us with your spirit, Lord, your cross on us be signed, that likewise in God's service we may, we may perfect freedom find. Amen. Please be seated. Why would anyone get baptized? It's probably not the question you thought I'd start the sermon with. More appropriately this morning, why would anyone have their child baptized? They're two easy but ultimately unsatisfying answers to that question. First, we do it because Jesus told us to. While this answer is good for shutting down discussion in a Sunday school class, when in doubt, just say Jesus said to do it, it's less useful as we prepare to baptize these children this morning. The second easy answer to why are we baptizing these children is that our family wants us to. Someone in the family is insistent on these children or grandchildren being baptized. And it's easier to just go through with it than to deal with Thanksgiving dinner discussions until the end of time about why you didn't have the little one baptized. Now, both of those are good reasons, but they stumble at the first hurdle. So why baptism? Why are we doing this this morning? The ultimate question under that question is what story are you living in? What story are you living in? We all live in a story of what is possible, what is impossible, who am I, where do I fit, what are we doing here? These questions all have answers even if we haven't thought about them in much detail. We're all living with a story that's guiding us, either consciously or unconsciously. The author David Foster Wallace famously brought this truth out in a commencement address in 2005 at Kenyon College. Wallace started his commencement address with a story. There are these two young fish swimming along, and they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way who nods at them and says, morning boys, how's the water? And the two young fish swim on for a bit, and eventually one of them looks over at the other and says, what the heck is water? <laughs> This is water. It's what we're swimming in. It's the story that we're living out. And we all have two choices about the water that we swim in. The first is the default narrative that the world has handed us. You know how this goes. You are what you do. You are what you make. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, grind, hustle, work harder. You all know that narrative, don't you? The narrative's on full display with our New Year's resolutions. How are yours going? Not good? We're told in a million different ways that this could be our year, 2023. If only we buckled down and focused and tried harder. If only we dialed in our morning routine or joined a new gym or got a new job. It's cruel to talk about morning routines with a bunch of newborns here. <laughs> In this narrative that we're all handed as small children, we're given a ladder and we're told to start climbing. And we spend decades, we spend most of our lives climbing only to reach the top and discover either A, the ladder was pitched against the wrong building, 
Or B, we get to the top of the ladder and there's only more ladders to climb. There's only higher that we have to go. Even talking about this narrative, I can feel it weighing me down. This narrative is not life-giving. It's draining, it's exhausting. It's water that only leaves us thirsty. In the language of the Bible, this story, this water that the world is asking us to swim in, it's death. It's outer darkness, it's gnashing of teeth, it's lonely, it's separate, and it's sold to us in every ad and app, and it all promises us we can save ourselves if we just work a little harder. Later in that same commencement address, David Foster Wallace declares, quote, in the day-to-day -day trenches of adult life, there's actually no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship, I love how he says that, is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, you'll never have enough. You'll never feel that you are enough. If you worship your body and beauty, you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally grieve you. Wallace goes on, worship power and you end up feeling weak and afraid. And then you'll need even more power over and over again to numb you to your own fear. And finally, Wallace, this preeminent author and intellect says, if you worship your intellect being seen as smart, you'll always end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. So back to the beginning, why baptism? Why are we doing this this morning? Well, in baptism, we plunge ourselves and our children and our grandchildren into a counter narrative to another way of living. We choose a different way. We submerge ourselves in a different story. And what is this story? Well, you know this one too. In the beginning, there was nothing but chaos and darkness, and God said, let there be light. And there was light and creatures and plants and humans, and order was brought out of the chaos, and it was good. It was very good. But humans took the free will we were given and made selfish choices. Adam and Eve were the first but not the last to reach for power over peace, for knowledge over being known. And with that bite of the apple in the garden, the darkness of chaos and sin started to advance back over creation. So God sent prophets and sages to call humans back to the garden, back to right relationship with each other and with God. Teachers, judges, kings, they all sparked the light over and over again. But that apple is sweet. And humans reached for it again and again. And then one night, and you know this story, we just celebrated it. One night as shepherds kept their watch in the dark fields, a young woman gave birth to her firstborn son, and the light shined in a new and final way. For the next 33 years, the light continued to shine and people started to taste the truth, the real story, the way things could be, the life that was given to us by God. And these people realize that once you've tasted this narrative, other stories lose their sweetness. Who wants a mealy apple? 
when you can have broken bread and sweet wine. The darkness rose up in protest, throwing everything it had at the light. Every protocol and procedure and legal maneuver eventually death on a cross. And for a weekend, it seemed to work. But then the earth quaked, the stone rolled back, and the light burst forth like a second big bang, reordering the chaos of the world and of our own hearts. The light has continued to shine for 2,000 years. People have been baptized into that story. They brought their noisy kids to get baptized. It's okay. Everything's good. For 2,000 years, people have been baptized into that truth, that story, and then have followed the call of God into the mess and darkness of our world. Baptized people have started hospitals, freed slaves, invented world-changing scientific inventions and advances, but even more in numbers beyond comprehension, baptized people have lived quiet lives as part of the counter-narrative insisting that we are not what we do, that we don't have to earn our wholeness, that each life is a gift and worth defending. For 2,000 years, people have been baptized into the counter-narrative that you are enough. We baptize babies because they can't do anything at all to earn enoughness. They just lay there and squirm and God says, you are my beloved. Jesus told a woman at a well that everyone who drinks of the world's water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I give them will never be thirsty. The water that I give will become a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. So back to the beginning, what the heck is water? This is water, this story that we find ourselves in. And this morning, we're gonna pour water on the heads of these babies, call them beloved children of God and baptize them into this story. Yes, because Jesus told us to. Yes, because your grandmother wants you to. And yes, because this is the truth that gives life, brings wholeness, and changes the world. Amen. <laughs>